This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. Look, opening hours, those types of staffing requirements, borders, these things disappear when you're online and you're in, and you're in the global sphere of commerce, right? You know, we're seeing a huge swing, um, particularly with younger generations away from you know, typical credit products and things like that, right? So that means that they're spending with their own money all the time. I think you need to look long and hard at, you know, your platform of choice and how you're going to be trading online. Welcome to episode 72 of the Shopify Dropify, brought to you by the Shopify specialists at The Cut in Perth. The Cut is all about building more e-commerce success stories in Perth, Western Australia and across the country. They are here to help you launch your Shopify store, switch to Shopify and grow customer engagement and conversions. In this episode, The Cut's co-founder Ben DeJong talks to Robert Gibson from Klarna, an online payments platform dedicated to making transactions smooth. Rob has tons of insights into the benefits of flexible and different payment options and what to focus on in the different stages of the e-commerce growth cycle. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, hi there everyone. My name is Ben DeJong. I'm a director at The Cut. We're a Shopify expert agency in Perth. This is our podcast. We call it the Shopify Dropify. Uh, And today we're talking to um, Robert Gibson, who's the commercial partnerships manager at Klarna. G'day, Rob. Welcome. You're coming down the interweb to us from Sydney today, right? Yeah, I am. Thank you very much. And um, great to be here, Ben. I really appreciate the invite to be on the Shopify Dropify. Really good to have you guys on board. Um, as you and myself and Scott all know, we, we had a connection with Klarna last year in uh, LA and then again in Toronto for Shopify Unite. We met one of your awesome LA colleagues, Brad, which was good fun. He's a great guy. Can you introduce yourself and give us an overview of Klarna and your role there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love the shout out to, to Brad. I know he's a listener as well. So hopefully he's going to hear this. I'll make sure he tunes into this episode too as well. Um, so awesome. Thanks, mate. I'm uh, I'm Rob Gibson, as you've said. So I, I relocated to Sydney, uh, Australia at the start of this year with Klarna, um, formerly from Klarna's UK-based global partnerships team. Um, so, you know, we're, we're a partner-first business. Um, we aim to make integrating our, our payment methods uh, with, with retailers as easy as possible. So um, no surprises um, that uh, a lot of my job is connecting Klarna with uh, integrating partners. So uh, think point of sales, how are we going to get Klarna offered to consumers via that channel, uh, e-commerce yep. platforms, um, uh, obviously uh, Shopify uh, included in that as well, um, and payment service providers and, and, and some technology partners and things like that as well well so uh, just literally um h- how can we partner for the success of our merchants and and to make Klarna um ubiquitous for everyone in the, in the consumer sphere as well that's that's kind of where i sit awesome and if you have a really like uh snappy snapshot of the Klarna company mission how do you guys sum things up with what you're trying to achieve yeah um i'm look i, I hopefully people have seen the tagline it, it's it's touted about absolutely everywhere if you've got me on linkedin as well i think i hashtag it everywhere too so look we we've we've established our mission early on in our journey um we're a 15 year old business but it remains just as relevant uh, as ever today, and, and that's to make paying as simple, safe, and above all, smooth as possible. And smooth really is the, the, the mantra of the entire business there. And I, I noticed uh, that Klarna uses the word smooth with some extra O's yeah. in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Long <laughs> file in there just for extra satisfaction. Um, it, completely, completely. So it's smooth, not smooth. Smooth shopping, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. That's memorable. It jumped out to me and then it kind of sums it all up. You can say simple and safe and secure, but the, the smooth is what sticks with people. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and smooth payments. Um, it, it, look, when you break it down, I guess ultimately it just comes from removing friction, right, and, and keeping things smooth. So um, we, we've got some pretty wacky uh, branding and um, and uh, I'd say that smooth, the tagline has suited us very well and is probably um, intentionally a differentiator in, in the, um, the financial space for us. Yeah, well, it helps. Uh, it helps give a bit of personality and humour to uh, a brand, you know a business that's operating in the financial sector. And uh, but I mean, it's it's integral to e-commerce, obviously, making uh, payments, transacting, uh, and all of those good things that come around buying online. So we'll kind of we'll always uh, we'll always have a chat about uh, about COVID, and um, yeah. you know we've just come through the craziest year ever. I hope it's been your craziest year ever. If if it's not, I'd like to hear about the year that was crazier than twenty twenty. Oh. Um, how, how did the pandemic affect Klarna, Rob? Yeah, um, probably. Look, you know, a pretty predictable response, I guess, depending on well, whoever you're going to ask this for. But you know, I think if we if you look at the human side of 2020, it's been tough, um, super tough for us, for us all. Not just not just for Klarna, obviously. Um, so uh, I think practically many of our offices in uh, are in countries um, that were de- that were deeply affected, uh, and yep. still are affected by by the pandemic as well. So I think we're we're very lucky in Australia to have had you know um, success in, in in controlling things somewhat. Um, very drastic measures, obviously, in order to do that. Um, but around the world, um, you know, we've we've and as I said, on the human side of things, um, we, we've definitely been affected as a business. We've we've ultimately had to do some pretty strong pivots um, for a company that was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say two bums on seats, but we definitely prefer the kind of team based working in the office environments with the flexible side of that operation too. Um, sure, we, we had to pivot, you know, to to the work from home environment as well. So, I'd say that tough, tough year, um, but we've certainly come out as a business stronger, and I'd say. Uh, you know, who could have predicted 2020? But I'd like to think that we're hopefully better equipped um, to handle potentially the unpredictable future a little bit better. Um, yeah. If I was to look at it, you know, from a from a business perspective, um, and, and, and put my, my my commercial hat back on, you know, transactionally, I think the the pandemic has has pushed um, some some long lasting changes um, in 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 the direction of obviously online e commerce. So from that perspective, absolutely, a great year. I, I, mate, I love the way you led with the human side of that and acknowledged the, uh, you know, the seriousness of COVID and, and the imp- impact it's had on people and people in our teams and people in all around the world in different different cities and countries. Um, because I mean, I often say this to people. Obviously, in the e-commerce space, we've we've been very lucky commercially with COVID because yeah. it's actually driven growth. Um, but you have to reality check and say, well, lots and lots and lots of businesses and people have had the opposite effect and, uh, and yeah. are struggling and having having pretty major dramas. Yeah, correct, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's been it's a double edged sword, really, isn't it? Right. So, you know, some businesses have have skyrocketed, um, and you know, Klarna, if we're servicing payments payments in those spaces, has benefit from that. But then there have been retail partnerships that you know, Klarna obviously has been involved with. You know, merchants that have been, um, you know, loyal to, well, I suppose our, our each other's partnership to one another um, that haven't fared so well, um, particularly those that were. Uh, skewed in the bricks and mortar sort of space and, and in regions where there was, you know, very, very um, severe lockdowns as well. But um, in terms of sort of trends and, and, and what we've seen, I guess, you know, uh, 
pretty interesting. Um, we've seen some generational spend changing. Um, you know, buy now, pay later. If if you if you lump Kleiner into that, I would argue, please don't um, lump us only into that. You know, we do so much more around the world. We've got all these different services. Of course. But you know, we're, I'm talking to you as you said from Sydney, and and it, it's definitely a buzz here. So um, you would argue that's probably more widely adopted by you know the younger credit averse generations. Um, sure. Interestingly, in in these times, we've seen. 66 to 75 year olds actually increase their black, their black Friday shopping. Um, most of all, uh, in these age groups across many different countries as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's been like no other in terms of, you know, uh, I guess increase in, 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 in commerce, but actually breaking some trends as well. Um, which is what sort of, what sort of trends do you see having been broken then? Um, I think we're seeing rapidly that the alternative payment space, which is, you know, what we were formerly known as or still known as, I guess, in terms of a payment type, you know, APM, uh, alternative payments method, yeah. so no longer alternative, so to speak. Um, you know, riding into dominant share of checkouts, particularly in the online space as well. Um, and uh, I, I think we've seen some pretty interesting um, shift in demands as well, just driven by the environment that us as human beings have been put into in 2020. Um, so, uh, look, if we're, I'll, I'll do the whole, I'll, I'll do a bit of a plug for sort of interesting Black Friday stuff as well because we've just come out the the other end of that towards the end of this year. So, you know, electronic products were in huge demand for us um, and uh, we're a global business. So uh, looking at Germany, for example, I recall seeing a stat um, posted by our, our CMO that the, the category had a increase of over 3,500% in sales um, in, in one week. So clearly people had been, you know, uh, staring wow. at their old TV for so long and thought, I'm going to wait and replace this thing in case I need to watch it a lot more next year because it's still pretty unpredictable, right? Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And what, what sort of lasting changes do you think we'll see from COVID that will carry through and we'll, we'll potentially look back to, to 2020 and say, you know, that, that thing started in 2020 and it's still with us now? Um, <clears throat> that's... That's, I mean, it's tough to answer as well because I feel like if, if this year's taught us anything, how do you how do you how do you predict things successfully? Um, Give us a little bit of a glance into your crystal ball, Rob. Yeah, I've got the ball out. Um, okay, then what I think is, and I, I touched on this already from a generational perspective. Um, you know, we hit a milestone. We had you know our first over eighty your old purchase, I think it was this year, um, using client wow. as, a, as a payment method, right? You know, yeah. you mean an 80-year-old customer? 80-year-old customer, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. that, that's, you know, um, that's on board with the, you know, the alternative payment space as well. Um, it's bought into, you know, the, 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 the one it now, you know, buy now, pay later trend as well and, and this types of payment method. So I think if anything's proven and trends that will carry forward as well is that we're going to see, you know, obviously an expansion in core demographics that use these types of payment methods like Klarna. Um, so, you know, your Gen Z and, and, and your millennials for sure. Um, but then much more wider usage of different payment methods as they become trusted, right? Um, people yeah. need to see things in the in the wild for long enough in order to sort of trust that business, the authenticity of what's on offer, and see it validated, and in, in, in it needs to enter their minds, and you know, and go beyond just a payment method, but you know, popular culture and stuff. So, um, I think we fought really hard, at least in Australia, with you know, we, Westfield activations to make sure that we're in the public eye as well. And I think that you know, um, we're not necessarily super targeted in, in um, the, de- the generations that we're pushing this to. This is a payment method at the end of the day when you strip things back mechanically. It's there to reduce friction and, and give you some affordability on, on that purchase. So 
I think yep. you know, moving forward, we're going to see much more higher adoption in wider spread demographics in our payment space. And I think this year's pushed that. Definitely. Yeah, completely. Well, it, it's forced a whole a whole tranches of new new people to purchasing online and a lot of those behaviours are going to stick, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, we run this podcast to help people, Rob, as I'm sure you're aware, a lot of our, we, most of our listeners are merchants or, or entrepreneurs who are planning to launch e-commerce or might be in the early stages and they're always hungry for information, which is the whole point behind uh, the, the Shopify Dropify. So let's get into some more insights from you, I guess more general and, and stepping away from the whole COVID thing for a minute. Mm. Um, right now, from your point of view and moving through into 2021, what are the most important things that any e-commerce business um, should focus on? So the top flight things, now they may seem obvious to you you and I, um, but we've kind of take the position there's no such thing as obvious because um as i say a lot of people we talk to are early days or planning or starting up or maybe um just looking for advice on on what the basics might be mm, definitely okay um well hello to 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 all the the, the budding merchants and, and entrepreneurs and I, I have to caveat my responses you know I, I i never consider myself to be you know the expert on anything in e-commerce um just it's just so rapidly changing, but you know, I I think there's a few things I could probably confidently um, suggest, just given my time in kind of online retail or retail in general. And I yeah, think completely. We're looking for your point of view, Rob. Yeah, sure, sure. So, look in in um in 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 my mind, I, I think we can confidently point out the benefits. Um, um, you know, of retail picking up speed and online is it, it's enabling commerce. Um, at a rapid rate uh, to enter the global sphere. Um, you know, you look at things, and uh, I could be careful here, we'll caveat it. I'm not saying that, you know, we're not focusing on bricks and mortar and things like that, but look, opening hours, um, you know, st- those types of staffing requirements, borders, these things disappear when you're online and you're in, and you're in the global sphere of commerce, right? So my focus for, for, for e-commerce businesses um, is is understanding how to get global and expand and, and tap into international audiences. And it doesn't have to be too far removed, but yeah. you're, you're going to be in a position now where you can focus heavily on side traffic over foot traffics perhaps. So um, moving online and going international doesn't have to be something that is is challenging. You've got amazing platforms like Shopify, for example, that enable cross-border um, so simply. So, you know, uh, I think it doesn't have to be, you know, you're never going to reach this critical mass where you're like, right, I've hit this milestone. Now it's time to go online. Um, if you have, you know, a brand or, or a product um, and it's successful, you know, look at similar spaces and markets in which you can get there. And yes, you know, you're going to have that that discussion on, you know, do I, do I dip a toe or dive all the way in straight away? But um, with everything going online and, um, and and almost like the democratization of being able to 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 be a, a vendor online as well, because everything's so accessible to all of you as well, I would be focusing quickly on you know scaling my my journey as a business um, yeah. nationally and localizing effectively in different markets. Give yourself the best shot. Yeah, the, the scale that can be achieved or considered right from day one is completely different to in a physical space, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. So coming back to, to Clara's uh, offering, I guess, how, how can um, specifically, how can businesses use different payment options to improve or, or grow their business? So what typically are the, you know, the benefits that, that their customers see that help them that help them drive sales and increase conversions? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I'd kick it off with, uh, 
you know, um, a slight humble bag there. But if you know, if we're talking global, like I, I wasn't in answer to the last one, but there are a few that are doing it better than Klarna from a payments perspective and localizing these options. So, um, sure. you know, we are in the game here as retailers of looking at audiences and, and attracting, you know, loyal customers and creating customer lifetime value, right? So Klarna is, is a brand into itself and a payment method into itself and, and is doing similar motion or going through similar motions with its own, you know, core consumer base. So we have over 90 million consumers globally in, in 17 plus territories. So, you know, it, it is a simple but complex um, partnership that you could marry up with with someone like Klarna um, and I say there we are going to be able to offer you market fit products that differ dependent upon you know consumer spending habits in different markets um, we're going to give you you know the ability to pull one lever over another lever uh, at the point of purchase by offering different types of payment methods um, yeah. you know we have installments we also have pay later products which are effectively you know like a set um, amount of days like 30 days for example so um, yeah well, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, is there is there a simple answer to which can be the most game changing payment method to offer? Like, is it direct delayed payments or instalments? Is there one of those that rises to the top or dominates? See, do you know? You know, we dial it back ten years. You know, you're looking at debit and credit and card, but the, but but even still, you know, depending on regions, there are going to be nuances, right? So I, I would answer that by saying it actually is, it, it warrants more time and attention to have a look at it, um, you know, a little bit of research into the markets in which you're going to be expanding into or just your home territory. Um, yeah. what, what are the most widely adopted payment methods, right? Let's have a look at share of baskets of some of the retailers that are in your space or industry averages, you know, Australia Post does an amazing report every year and, and they look at a breakdown of all things retail. But internationally, it changes by market. If we look at the dark market, which is, um, you know, Germany, uh, Austria, and, um, oh, God, what's the last one? We'll come back. I'm not sure. I've never heard the term the dark market before. (laughs) Yeah, Luxembourg. Um, So they're powered by support, which is effectively bank-to-bank transfer and others. um, And and so, you know, if you're launching in those markets and you're not, you know, paying homage to the ways in which consumers are looking to pay there, irrespective of whether or not it's Klarna or not, it's just payments, right? Um, Yeah. We'll see a reduction in conversion because, um, it is not the consumer mindset to pay in a certain way. So I think okay. we need to look at spending habits and trends there. Installments is great to increase your average order value if you're if you're using it right. Sure. Yep. And, and delayed the, the the whole delayed payments has been a game changer as a concept, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so uh, from an affordability perspective, you know, it's been great. It's also reduced risk. So um, you know, I, I, I can talk about this in in, in more detail. Um, whenever you like, it's, it's a fascinating subject for me. You know, we're seeing a huge swing, um, particularly with younger generations away from you know, typical credit products and things like that, right? So that means that they're spending with their own money all the time, unless. Yeah, that's interesting. I noticed yeah. you, you alluded to that earlier. That's an mm-hmm. interesting one. So the the young the younger ones don't don't want to be running a credit bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's certainly trends we've seen in some markets. You know, two thirds of which are. Uh, shying away from taking a credit card full stop. It just helps them budget better. So, um, yeah, yeah to, to, to that point, right, um, this is where the, the swing has been amazing because uh, if you don't have a credit card and you can't remove the risk traditionally by having the ability to get that item, take it home, touch it, you know, have a look at it, let's say it's an online purchase, and then, you know, potentially send it back and, and have all that take place while it's still, uh, you know, a pending statement for you, well, then, you know, uh, you, you, you are effectively dipping into your own pile 
um, of money that you could be using for bills, for anything else um, that you need sure. for unplanned expenses. So um, this is where the affordability play of these types of payment methods is really important. So, yeah. Yeah. There's also yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and so you've talk, talked about, you know, cultural or locational preferences yep. in terms of how, how what sort of payments are offered and, and accepted by the customers. Yeah. Are there certain like business sectors or products that tend to suit certain payment methods or be more or have a payment method that's more, more effective with that uh, product type or sector or is it yeah, that's or not? Question. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um I think, you know, in time, I'd be able to probably say less so, um, but there is still a certain space in which these types of products flourish or are more widely adopted as well. Yeah. I think from a pure play, you know, online, you know, retailer perspective, you know, you are, you, you are your online store, right? And, and if you are a budding business and you are, you know, looking to attract consumers, um, let's be honest, right? Like you scroll through your Instagram and there's a lot of ads that are coming up for new and interesting brands, but they're selling products that are a brand potentially you've never heard before, you've never touched and felt that, right? So um, I think there's an element there of, you know, sort of online first businesses that, that need to de-risk for the consumers or let the consumers de-risk by offering them flexible payment methods. Let them take yeah. the goods home um, and, and touch and feel those ones. Um, so for, for, for newer online first businesses, I think you need to be very flexible in your payment options as well because they can't walk into a store and grab that that item or feel feel those linen trousers or whatever, whatever it is that they're absolutely looking at. But then also I think, you know, there's different types of payment methods that will suit different types of business to a T, right? So um, I'd say Klarna by by default in terms of, you know, where we sit in the types of brand partnerships we launch, we're very strong in fashion, apparel, beauty, cosmetic, um, yep. a bit of hobby, home and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and, and typically um, that's because there's, you know, higher volume and there's demographics shopping on those that are more akin to Klarna's demographics as well. So there's a bit of marriage there. Sure. Um, and then also I think um, I think the last sort of, you know, bit bit to talk about on that in terms of just different payment methods is you know have a look at what what you're really trying to achieve as a, a as a business as well in terms of which product might be better to achieve something for you if your if your average order value is you know you're selling very um, you, a lot of you know maybe smaller cheaper items and that's sub twenty dollars well you know you could argue that installments um, on a single purchase of that nature is is not a great use of you know a buy now pay later um, well, yeah of course increasing your average order value and things like that with these types of payment methods so yeah completely that makes completely complete sense of being tactical about you know how people are purchasing what the cost is and, and how that how the payment method applies to each scenario definitely definitely yeah that's uh, that's really interesting um so if we get into some more general e-commerce guidance from you, Rob, if, if you were to start off with some best advice, if you were talking to an e-commerce business owner, maybe in a more general sense, what would you be saying to them? Um, get Klarna. Um, no, <laughs> that is completely, completely a thumbs down response, Rob. You've gone for the obvious response there. I'm obviously joking. So, truthfully, um, truthfully, this is where it becomes super interesting, right? So, um, 
yeah, look at experience-driven commerce. I think that's how you, you have to differentiate, um, you know, uh, focus on brand, mission. Um, I see, you know, much more, or we see even um, in, in merchants that we work with, um, you know, much more higher customer lifetime value or attraction to businesses that have sustainable pledges um, and that interact with their customers. Um, yeah. You know, like you would in the physical retail sphere, you know, um, yeah. service your demand thoughtfully is, is what I would say and talk to your customers. Yeah, completely create that that sort of that personal relationship yeah. at every touch point um, early on, and and define the brand and continue to define it through the journey. It's something we talk to to, to merchants uh, a lot about. Actually, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, you know, we we talk about it being experience, but it's also about connection, isn't it? It's connecting yeah. the, the the brand which is on a on a screen with oh, the okay. human being on the other side. Totally, totally. And I think, um, you know, shoppers are, are spoiled for choice these days and they're looking for that. Um, I think we're, we've proven in our own research previously, even at Kleiner as well, that, you know, it, it's not necessarily just cheapest and fastest that's going to win the race these days. In fact, it's, no, absolutely. it's more certainly not, particularly if you're a brand in, in, in your own right as well. So um, pay attention to, um, I guess, you know, the consumer types that you are attracting uh, and then also, you know, the the, the loyal buyers and, and what they're looking for um, and talk to, you can talk to consumers. This is, a, this is something that um, I think businesses, you know, still need a reminding of. Like it's 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 okay to not try and preempt what they want um, or what, what shoppers might want. So you, you, you can, you can, engage with your shoppers and 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 help create the experience around what they want to see as well don't rule that yeah, out completely completely if you had to if you had to say and you're not allowed to default to the answering klana with this but if there's one yeah. single most important part of the e-commerce picture that a merchant should never ignore what is that are you going to come back to experience on that or is there something else um, another way of defining it do you know what i i might I might um, pull back on, or pull back into, you know, what I, I said towards the end of our, uh, just that last question as well. You know, what, what what are your customers saying? I think feedback is just so important, and I, everyone's going to give yeah. a different answer here. Um, but I'm not just talking about, you know, paying attention to one persistent nagging negative review or, or that particular sentiment. But but do also focus on that too because it's likely genuine. Um, but to understand your customers, I, I do think you know you can you, you can speak with them, and I, I see. Um, I, I, if you're asking me what you should never ignore, obviously it's your customers. Um, so speak yeah. to them. Um, you, you can you see some great retailers doing it. Survey with prizes associated with it. Um, you know what what should we release yet um, next? You know what color would you like to see these in? You know how did you rate your comfort in this? Um, you know how is the yeah. product still going? Three month check in. Like yeah. there are some incredible you know marketing automation tools as well that exist out there that, that can keep. It's funny that you say everyone has a different. Answer. To that question, because that that question tends to be answered, um, and I ask I ask that question a lot, or a similar similar version of it. But but most people will either say um, listening to and understanding your customers or brand, yeah. Which which speaks to the experience point that you mentioned before. But yeah, I mean, it's the, the opportunities are incredible, aren't they? Not only yeah. to use your customers to get input from them, but that process gives them a feeling of ownership of your brand because yeah. they feel like they're, they're kind of helping direct the business and the brand in a, in a small way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's it, right? Bring them on the journey with you um, because you, yeah. you are, you know, your, any of your success is attributable to obviously your hard work and determination, but also the, the loyal customers that you are attracting and fostering too. Yeah, completely. If you were going to give advice to someone who's sort of 
planning the launch of an e-com store for the first time or maybe in the startup phase, mm. like the first six to 12 months, mm. what advice would you be giving them? Um, are, we, are, we, are we talking, you know, they've got, no, they've got no online store at this point in time as well? So well, they're either, they're either planning one and, and they're down the track or they've, they've recently launched one and they're finding their way, let's say. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think, you know, uh, research is key. Um, it, yeah, putting myself in those shoes, I, I, I like to, to network and, 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 and liaise and talk with other people that are in my space and learn from others as well. Uh, yep. I think, you know, listening to podcasts like yours is a fantastic way of which you, you can um, glean information and, and gain insights. And Now, there, there's an, a bit yeah. of advice. I'm just not going to argue with Rob. You're, giving, you're dropping us into the equation now, not only Klarna. So it's very cool, mate. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> and meetups. I mean, if you're talking about networking with other merchants and yeah. and sharing knowledge or asking questions, the meetup format and, and the online, obviously, events that everyone yeah, holds now are a great way to do that. I, I love them. And, um, you know, meetups, if you've got one in your city and, you know, um, if you're if you're if you're at that point of your journey, like the people that get the most out of them, turn up. You know, they meet other merchants, they talk with vendors and suppliers. You know, it's one big ecosystem, and they stand up and ask questions. Um, and, you know, without yeah. fear, because you are, you know, you are you are collectively growing together, right? So this is a journey, and and, and e-commerce is going so fast that, and I mentioned yeah. earlier about being. You know, no one really being an expert that that you have to yeah. on those around you and, and upskirt yourself there. But yeah, like, completely. I, I guess to give like super practical advice, um, be, you know, beyond like the network part of it, just in terms of you know start of an e-com venture, I think you need to look long and hard at you know your platform of choice and how you're going to be trading online. Uh, and I think you need to go with one that is simple to use. Um, and I think you know empowers you to. Um, be effective as a business, but also will scale with you because sometimes commerce is very unpredictable. You could be in the startup phase and all of a sudden you're onto a red hot idea and within a yep. year or two, you're doing several million. So don't don't go into commerce with the mindset of, oh, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to launch an online store at this platform and when it gets bigger, I'll move to one of the other ones or something like that. Go with something scalable from the start and plan for the future of your business because you know, if you're not planning towards the future, what, what, why are we in it, right? So that's, that's yeah, it's, that's, that's really good advice. I mean, I can think of one platform um, right off the bat that would be awesome for that. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, yes, obviously. But yeah, I mean, look, you're you're exactly right, and we see. We, we hear a lot of stories where people have, right. have well, our stories are normally people have found Shopify but maybe looked at some yeah. other platforms that might have been cheaper or or even more recommended just because they're more commonly known. And yeah. also people that come off those those other platforms where they've gone for a cheap sort of startup option mm. but then it's caused them so much pain over the first year or two of running their business that they're going, oh, I wish I'd found this in the beginning. It's a pretty common story. So I think your advice really, really rings true. And is there, I mean, obviously, again, while we might not want to say that we're experts, mm. um, we do technically class you as an expert, Rob, but oh, thank you. I hear what you're saying. Things are changing all the yeah. time, but you're obviously hearing stories and speaking to, to people all the time. Well, what's yeah. the, what's the, one of the common mistakes you hear of, of Shopify store owners making? Um, I'd say um, to... to rephrase that that um slightly i think you know i i talk a lot about you know going international and growth and expansion and i would not necessarily consider i i suppose i could say i'm not not considering this a mistake but i think something that we need to acknowledge when we are you know getting 
going on this journey and 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 we're growing uh, as retailers and we want to go internationally as well um something that i would i guess a piece of advice i would offer there as well is is to is to look beyond your platform and also consider things like, um, you know, the handling of foreign exchange um, or how you're going to take local settlements for alternative payment methods and, and businesses, you know, like Klarna, for example. So if you have a, a US store and you have a UK store, um, yeah. not everything will be plugged in out of the box with, you know, um, a, a different a, a checkout provider, for example. So there may be other different funding sources or, or ways in which cl- customers in that, that local market would like to pay and, yeah. and that, they will process those funds into a separate account so just something to consider when you're going international i just find myself talking to retailers sometimes that haven't actually made that consideration yet and they go oh you know what maybe i do actually need a local account in that market um it gives you the ability to pay suppliers locally and do all sorts of things there as well but then also it lets you you know receive funds locally there um and, and there's some great you know partners if you if you want to call them that in this space here that that are able to help um expanding retailers with handling of those funds you know settling yeah. and then repatriating you know foreign exchange getting them back so that would be yeah very much so i mean what as soon as you start to go international the moving parts of, of the whole e-com uh, system become much more uh, numerous and complicated and there, there are technical issues to solve and and huge advantages to to be had by i guess effect, effectively in a way operating locally kind of on the ground in those international markets by by offering those local yeah locally skewed options yeah. um yeah really good advice and, and something that people again as you said should should consider early on mm, definitely yeah i think you need to get that um you need to get that critical thinking out early on um it's 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 uh it's a bit of a uh, surprise when you get there and you're ready to to push go and, and then you realize you know there's that one critical piece that's missing which is how you're gonna accept international settlements for example yeah, completely. So let's come back to, to Klarna um, before we head into the last couple of um, sections or questions for you, Rob. Obviously, you, you know, Klarna is, is is a specialist in e-com payments. You're talking direct payments, delayed payments and instalments. Um, we touched on this right at the beginning of the podcast, the word of the <laughs> Klarna's use of the word smooth with yeah. a, an extra O. So it's triple O, yeah. triple O smooth, extra smooth. Why is ease of use and simplicity is so important in the payment space. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. And you know what? We 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 uh, this is probably question number one, oh the first question that gets answered. Even in your, if you're an economy employee and you know you're going through your inductions and trainings as well, it's it comes down to. Um, it comes down to removal of friction, right? So if you're spending time, energy, resources in attracting traffic to your site, you know, getting them through the journey, personalizing their experience, saying upselling, cross-selling them, um, items have been added to the basket. And at the point of purchase, they go through the, the motions of entering their address details and then they select a payment method that takes them off site, for example, or, or increases friction, you do dramatically increase, um, you know, chances of abandonment. And, and, and that yeah. is, an, is a inexcusable. Um, uh, let's put it, to put it bluntly, I think, you know, yeah. we owe it to retailers as a business as well. And, and payment companies do this as well. We, they owe it to your company to make sure that the purchase journey is just as smooth as all of the other journey that they've made on site. Um, so I, I think, you know, from a retailer perspective, 
hone in on what the customer journey is. It's one thing to look at, you know, fees associated with a payment method or, or, or one thing to look at, you know, mechanically what those services they offer are. But, but take the opportunity yourself to put yourself in the consumer's shoes and have a look at just how smooth, you know, it, it, that payment method could be, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, in, in very, very hard-nosed terms, it brings it back to conversion, doesn't it, yeah. and optimising the conversion and minimising the card abandonment because, if there's one thing that will trigger someone to leave a purchase, it's any sort of uncertainty or suspicion or unusualness around the transaction. Yep, absolutely. And do you know what? I'd, I'd, take, it, I'd take it further. So um, I, I would also have a look at, you know, the journey of your consumer post-purchase, right? Like you don't just have a retailer who's looking at, you know, different delivery options and, and you know, who's good in particular areas um, and premium services there. But but have a look at, you know, from a payments perspective as well. Like wh- where does the journey go from there? So I, I can only speak for, for say, the Smoother Experience or, or Klarna, for example, where, you know, it is a, a constant state of evolution and, and the post-purchasing uh, journey takes consumers into an app where it's almost like, a, you know, a virtual shopping mall, for example. Visibly, we've got, you know, SKU data and rich product images of things that you've purchased. Um, there's blog content and materials in there you know retailers have you know um i i I guess a presence in there as well so uh, i would be you know very intelligent in the way in which i look at you know the types of payment methods that we're offering consumers because let's let's be honest you know ben there's so much choice out there now and particularly in the last two three years there's been an explosion in this space for for different payment methods but completely and and the percentages that you're dealing with in 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 trying to dial up are, are tiny, but can result in 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 big uh, big dollar figures at the other right. end, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even moving that dial, you know, half a percent is is enormous, particularly. Yeah. And and you know, if you're looking at fast fashion businesses as well, you know, um, that have got huge amounts of traffic, you know, you get you know a, a little bit on the uh, on the dial that that increases conversion there, you know, with the right payment methods and experiences. Well, that that's huge dollars. Completely, completely. And in a nutshell, mate, what are the biggest advantages that the Klarna model offers e-com business owners? Um, I would say, you know, it's it's global presence and network. Um, you know, we're a leader okay. in 17 core markets. There's, there's 90 million consumers utilising the payment methods. There's a network already of, you know, over 200,000 merchants. So in terms of, you know, uh, um, uh, from a merchant perspective, you join a massive family of shoppers and merchants that feed um, the best purchase experience. So that's a lot of pre-filled checkouts. It's a lot of potential for people that can get to your site. Um, they might have bought on a, you know, a JD Sports or an ASOS or something like that, or H&M, for example, and then they're yeah. on your store and they select Klarna. Um, well, they're going to get the similar sort of pre-filled experience. So you do benefit from the network effect there. Um, so that would probably be, you know, a, a chief call out for me. Um, and, and the international like presence, obviously, which is yeah. what you led with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, we talked about your crystal ball earlier, Rob. I'm just going to bring, come it back to that before we wrap up and, and looking forward into 2021 and, yeah. and then after that, obviously, I mean, no one really knows what's going to happen. You know, the, the pandemic is still very much with us yeah. um, on the planet, but but not not particularly around COVID. But do, what do you, do you and the Klarna team have any predictions on the types of technologies that are most likely to emerge and this can of course be in your in your space or ecom in general but what what do you think we're going to see or what areas do you think we'll see um the most the biggest leap forward leaps forward in terms of the tech and and potentially the options that are being offered that are new to merchants yeah definitely um 
Oh, look, the the 2020 has has born some or birthed some incredible ideas. And I sit in the partnership space, so particularly yeah. on the payments front, I, I, I hear from a lot of these, you know, in terms of future work that we could be doing together. Um, and uh, it, it's just accelerated, um, you know, e-commerce to, to a, a whole new level, much faster than it would have got to, you know, potentially organically with, with time to grow. So um, oh, completely. in terms of 2021, um, I think you're going to see, at least in the payment space, it, you're going to see um, uh, ubiquity. I, I think everyone's going to have access to, to to these types of payment methods and it will be very accessible. I can use Klarna's um, recent launch, for example, in Australia where we launched the ability now to pay anywhere in store over installments with, with effectively a digital card setup that can be stored on your Apple and Android wallets. So it's very yeah. easy, you know, irrespective of integration um, for, for a consumer to make a purchase. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, um, that will only continue. Like businesses like Klarna who are looking to service consumers and merchants, you know, alike with the best possible experience will continue to to make it more accessible um, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, quickly start taking for granted. Even launches like that that have just happened will stickly, we'll quickly, you know, as a, as a shopper start taking these this flexibility for granted because, um, it, as I said, the pace is just, it's just so fast. So, I think accessibility of these types of payment methods is what we're going to see in 2021 coming yeah, up. Yeah, and it comes back to removing the friction. Like everything is becoming surface to present it closer and closer to the, yep. to the customer, right? Like yep. if, even if you look at things like the Instagram channels and, and Facebook and Google channels, it's it's pushing the product and closer yep. to the customer so there's less for them to do to reach it. And yep. I guess what you're saying is the same will happen with, with payments. It's going yep. to be less steps to, to make that payment happen quickly and easily exactly um you know the wow factor used to be you know uh, that you could you could uh i guess even offer you know alternative ways in which to pay now the wow factor is how easy is it and how quick is it right because it's always expected that these things are there yeah, that's uh, it's uh, that's very, very, very good point, and and we can see it happening in other in other areas. Do you have any final insights or news to share before we wrap up, Rob? Um, look, I, I I appreciate I, I um, the the time this morning. It's um it's it's been an absolute pleasure to chat. I, I'd say you know humbly, Klarna is very new to to Australia. Um, you know, road tested globally, so. Um, I would I would just implore everyone to to get your phone and 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 have a go of the Kleiner app and and see for yourself what the smooth is all about. Yeah, completely the smooth with the extra O as we uh, we've become we've started to say today, mate. Um, I, I reflect that. Look, firstly, I'll say welcome welcome to Australia to you personally and to and to the Klarna brand. Um, it's been excellent having you on the Shopify Dropify. Um, big big thank you to you and the Klarna team. And please say good day to Brad for Scott and I. Uh, that's Brad in LA from Klarna who we met um, in the middle of last year, which in a lot of ways seems like a, a millennia ago. But um, yeah, it's been awesome, Rob. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you so, so much. Very good to be here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And big thanks to Robert from Klarna for sharing his insights into online payments and making them super smooth. Get in touch with the team at The Cut when you need help with your Shopify store. They can make it happen. From new stores to redesigns, integrations and technical challenges. Please share this podcast. We drop new episodes every two weeks featuring conversations with e-commerce experts, Shopify merchants and app developers. And you can guest on this podcast yourself. Just contact The Cut or visit thecut.net.au. Thanks for listening. Access e-commerce expertise from The Cut anytime.
Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.